0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career, and I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core, and that's why every single week, I wanna bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Your turn, friends. Do you remember I had Emily Fletcher on the show forever ago? She's the founder of Ziva Meditation. She had this big moment in her life of like, everyone needs to meditate. And now she has a really cool podcast she started called Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? And she's gone through her own journey and come to a renewed space of focusing on sexuality, sensuality, Um, And your relationship with your body, your relationship with life, you know, through your senses. So um, I'm really excited to experience the new her. We were both in New York and we were like ships in the night trying to get together. I'll never forget. I had such severe FOMO. Emily, you invited me to a play, and I couldn't go that night. And I was like, I want to be with Emily. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, thank
1: you for coming back onto the show. Thank you for having me and bravo on all that you've created and all the lives that you've changed and just like continuing to grow this thing. I know how much energy it takes and I'm really delighted to be here again.
0: Thank you. It's been like, it's such an interesting thing because we have a lot, we both have a lot of friends with big podcasts and stuff. And I love this show so much. It came from such a heartfelt place to start it and I'm still in that. I just really love doing this. But it grows at the pace it wants to. It's been doing great, but still not like exploding, you know, um, but great. And it means a lot when people come on here and share their story because it's vulnerable. And I get that we can just share our story, but I feel like when I have a friend on the show, it's like, there's an opportunity to actually go deeper beyond just like your elevator pitch story, um, so yeah, what the fuck has happened to you for you in the past like half decade? What's going on?
1: Quick question. Well, I think it's been like three three years probably, yeah. three or four maybe. Yeah. I mean, the whole world changed. You know, it's like, yeah. it feels like the whole world had a near-death experience and so many people went through either Dark Night of the Souls or Massive Awakenings. and And I went through both, I think. I went through like a real initiation portal where shit got dark and hard and sad and lonely and intense. And then- I did probably the bravest thing I've ever done. And I, just, I also read Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, not once not twice, but 10 times as I was moving through my divorce. Wow. And she has a quote in there when she says, basically like all my, my podcast would just be like, Emily reads passages from Untamed. <laughs> that should <laughs> be the name of my podcast. <laughs> but there's a quote in there that says, the braver I am, the luckier I become. Right. And I felt like I became living proof of that. Like I did the thing that was the hardest, saddest, scariest thing that I could possibly do. And like took this leap into the unknown of getting divorced. And three weeks later, nature was like, <sighs> it just started like fire hosing me with magic and opportunities. And I met my now best friend, who is this world-famous Tantra teacher. I moved in with a woman named Mama Gina, aka Regina Thomashower who's, you know, been teaching womanly arts and sacred sexuality for 30 years and is a living legend. I met this amazing partner and boyfriend named Adam and basically became this. I don't even know what I became. Like I mean, some would call it a high priestess, some would call it a sex witch, some would call it, I don't know. But it feels like this edification has been nice for me personally. It's like, yeah, great. Thank you for the new tools. But that's not all that's at play here. Like I've, I've never seen nature just like just dumping like curriculum opportunities, gifts online like this. So it feels like what I did for meditation, which was to help to take these esoteric concepts and make them more attractive and accessible to a mainstream audience. It feels like nature's asking me to do that now, but for these even more potent and even more taboo modalities, you know, you even say the word sexuality and people are like, Like people get triggered in a million different ways. They either get super into it or super caged up. And so it's like, how do we even talk about this stuff without, or how do we talk about it and let people come to it with who they are? Not who their parents were, not what their church thought, not what their past trauma says, but like what do they actually think and feel about this stuff? And what do they want to integrate in their lives? And because it's it's so much bigger than what happens in the bedroom. It's actually talking about your actual life force, your actual creation energy, your ability to magnetize, your ability to like be turned on, like a light switch turned on in the world. So it feels like an exciting challenge. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really I have no idea where it's gonna go.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I feel like I've known Layla a long time and I'm glad that you guys know each other. She's a very like vibrant being. I think last time I saw her, she was dressed in like a metallic silver thing with like a witch hat. And I was like, you're a witch burrito. And we went out to lunch and she's just so funny. Yeah, um, she's
1: brilliant, funny, audacious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and those of that mm. I really should have Layla on the show. Um, you know, yeah. she got kicked out of Stanford for God knows what she was up to. Did you know that about her?
1: I knew she went to Stanford, I knew she studied immunology at Stanford, but I didn't know she got kicked out. But that yeah, did I that track. I think she let
0: list something on fire, Emily. Like, I think you need to talk to Layla.
1: <laughs> Great. Let's let's get her on. I've mean, already had her on my podcast, but you definitely need her on yours.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. We need a little witch burrito magic. Um okay, so. You got, you went through, you made the choice to have a divorce. I feel like a lot of people were shaken up by the pandemic. I was in a three year relationship. I got out. A lot of people moved things around. Nothing quite like being alone at home with no socializing to make you feel your feelings. And now you're someone who has this expertise in meditation, but also this expertise in sensuality, which is like almost like two sides of the same coin. Mm. Even though people don't necessarily see it that way. So can you talk to me about what does it mean when everybody talks about sexuality sensuality? Is it about feeling connected to your body, feeling less ashamed of having sex? Like what does it really actually mean for you because I feel these terms are thrown around. Yeah. I want to ground it for everyone.
1: Well, the thing that I'm really lit on fire about is people simply using and harnessing like their own life force, this thing that I'm calling creation energy, Mm
2: -hmm. because like
1: with creation energy, with your life force, with your level of charge, you could create an empire. You could create a baby. You could create a partnership. It's just, it's just currency. It's just energy and you can do whatever you want with it. And so the thing that I'm really interested in and what feels like not easy, but like a way to really bring this medicine to a more mainstream audience. of People like don't want to go to Tantra retreats and people who are not going to be like wearing patchouli and like pretending like they're an opposite gender or having sex with 12 people in the woods. Like, you know, people are like, no, thank you. <laughs> Is that we're simply utilizing this creation energy to create a life we really would love and, and a world that we would really love. So sort of backwards, like I had this vision this download and it, it won't go away and it keeps coming in and it keeps getting stronger. And it's, it's 80,000 people specifically in Dallas Cowboy stadium climaxing at the same time, holding a collective vision for the species. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, curious Dallas. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah, just going right into the belly of the beast. Um, but it's, and, and now since I'm a little less attached to the container, mm-hmm. but that idea of like creating a giant coherent collective antenna, getting people into coherence with themselves and each other, holding a vision, like what do we really want? Mm-hmm. Like we get to choose. Like I know the news is feeding us all this stuff and I know the AI is about to take over. And I know like, yes, like I know that the rainforests are, like we, I get the intensity of the time that we're living in mm-hmm. and we get to choose. We get to choose individually and we get to choose collectively, like, how do we want this play to end? Like we're writing the script. We really are. And so, but right now we're writing it from a place of trauma and fear and repression and conditioning and shame. And we've forgotten that we actually have access to our own divinity right inside of ourselves. And that's the thing that I can't that I can't unhear. Actually, Layla said to me, the first time we ever did any of this work together, she said, for tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. Mm -hmm. Like my jaw dropped. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Because I was raised Southern Baptist, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like sweaty men in khaki suits yelling at me from a pulpit, telling me what I shouldn't do with my body. And I was like, that's not it. Mm -hmm. You know, like even at five, I was like, I know this is not it for me. Um, but when you think about ecstasy as a purifying force, mm-hmm. that ecstasy could actually bring you closer to God, closer to that divinity inside of yourself, then you can actually start to see that we, that's one click away from prayer. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I'm calling this is pleasure prayer, to where you're using your pleasure to pray. Mm-hmm. You're simply like visualizing what it is that you want. You're then alchemizing anything in the way of you receiving it. And then you're magnetizing it with the power of your creation energy by harnessing the very life force that animates every cell in your body. Hmm. So this is like this sort of, um, like the last two years I've just been studying and learning and working and doing research and development and doing retreats in Costa Rica and like doing this work on as many people as I could possibly find. Hmm. And now it feels like it's time to sort of bring it into the world. And uh, and it's really a, it's like simple and profound. You visualize, you alchemize the things in a way, and then you magnetize it with the power of your hoo-ha.
0: Hmm. Okay. So like, I feel like for somebody, one of the things I take pride in is I'm like selectively spiritual. So it's like my feet are on the ground, head in the sky, hoo-ha. I don't even know where she is sometimes, but like,
1: right in the I middle. think it's
0: really interesting right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, I think it's interesting when we talk, we hear about this, this idea of like using your vagina, using your genitalia as like a space that charges energy for you in your life or that you can derive energy from Mm -hmm. how can we ground this for everyone to really make them get whether there's a science to it or just some sort of explanation that can help them and i know you have a book full on meditation full of um what call it um like science and research so how can we kind of bring this in here too My friend, are you ready to climb into bed at night feeling extra comfy and cozy? If you are, then Cozy Earth is just for you. It was named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018, and its best-selling bamboo sheet set is both temperature-regulating and incredibly soft. I recently got these sheets for my new place in Florida, and wow, I feel like every night I'm just crawling into an actual cloud. So there's no more scratchy bedding, no more sticky sweaty nights just breezy beautiful rest and cozy earth's bedding collection offers a variety of luxury pillows sheets blankets and more get ahead of your spring cleaning with fresh new bed linens from cozy earth made from luxurious high quality fabrics you won't find anywhere else on the market i mean it they are really amazing head on over to ashleystall.com/cozy that's a s h l e y s t a h l.com/cozy And enter the code U-TURN, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, at checkout for up to 35% off site-wide. Again, that's com slash C-O-C-Y for 35% off your order.
1: Yeah, so... You're right. I have a book called Stress Less, Accomplish More, and it's all about the science of why we should be meditating. And it does it took this sort of like esoteric secret thing that had been under shrouds and in caves with monks for tens of thousands of years and took it into like, why would you even quote unquote, waste your time meditating? And it talks about the neuro neurobiology and the neurochemistry and just what's happening in the body. And so if we want to sort of apply that rigor or apply that to sacred sexuality or simply using your creation energy to manifest. A couple of things are at play in order to manifest, you need a very specific cocktail of chemicals in your body. Um, you want to basically feel good chemicals so dopamine, serotonin, those are like the the baseline for manifesting even if you're doing it just post meditation, which is what I've been teaching for eight years now. I've been teaching manifesting for eight years, but mostly as like the dessert course post zivo meditation right like you finish your practice and then you ask yourself, what would I love? Mm -hmm. And that is powerful because you're dancing in between the manifest and the unmanifest. You're sort of dancing between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. Now that is powerful. And I've always said, if I ever find something more powerful, I'll start teaching that. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you could manifest just from your mind and it does work. But if you start to get your body online and you start to get your head, your heart and your hoo-ha all in coherence with each other and all pointed towards the same direction, like you really start to turn up the volume and also increase the rate of, hmm, I'm going to use the term magnetism and I'll I'll ground that in a moment. Like you increase the rate of magnetizing these things to you. Hmm. So magnetism, where do we get that from? Like there is an electromagnetic field that is emanating from all of us. And now we know, thank you, HeartMath, thank you, Stanford, that the electromagnetic field from your heart is 70 times more powerful than your head, right? 70 times more powerful than your head. I don't know if they've, like measured the hoo-ha yet, but like you could imagine like when you're turned on, when you're in like an almost orgasmic or post-orgasmic state, like how much energy is radiating out of every cell in your body. Like if that generative force has the ability to make a baby, mm-hmm. which is the most divine, the most creative thing that a human can do is create another human. It's the most godlike thing we can do. And thank goodness, every time we orgasm, we don't make a baby. We're mm. right? be real crowded on planet earth. <laughs> Yeah. And yet we have this opportunity where we're in these ecstatic or orgasmic states where you have this beautiful cocktail of, of bliss chemistry. So you have the dopamine, you have the serotonin, but you also add to it adrenaline, norepinephrine and oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, whoa, really turning up the dial on what makes effective manifestation because mm-hmm. really like the key to manifesting is feeling good. Mm -hmm. It's like the higher frequency with which you are vibrating, you start to match the frequency of your dreams Mm -hmm. because you could be dreaming about winning an Oscar, but if your internal dialogue is like, I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm going to die alone with cats eating my face. You're not an energetic match for that dream. So if instead you hold the vision, right? Like, you know what it is that you want to create. And then it's not just like you go from there straight into orgasm, right? It's like, no, we have to then clear the channel. We have to feel what it is that's keeping us from receiving the dream. Huh. And usually that's trauma, limiting beliefs, stress stored in the cellular memory, anything that's that's been like an old programming from the body. And in order to do that, in order to feel it, we actually, sorry, in order to alchemize it or to transmute it, we actually have to feel it. And mm-hmm. there's like a whole mountain of science coming out now around trauma. Thank you, Gabor Mate. Thank you, um, The Body Keeps the Score. Um, and so we're starting to understand that we cannot think our way through trauma, but actually we have to feel our way through it. And that requires the body. Mm. And what I've found in, in teaching this over the last two years is that if you spend all of your days trying not to feel your pain, mm. good luck trying to feel your full ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if you're numbing, numbing, numbing through alcohol and antidepressants and all of that, and then you're like, oh, now I want to use my sexual energy in order to manifest. It's like, it doesn't work that way. So Mm. we have to first like really teach people how to feel. And oftentimes that can be intense and scary Mm. because there's billions of dollars in industry built on top of making sure that we never have to feel a feeling. So that's a process that alchemization, that transmutation takes some time usually for most of us. But then like once that channel is clear, it's like you hold the vision, you know how to then alchemize and feel those feelings. And then all you're doing with your hoo-ha, if you will, which by the way, I would define hoo-ha as all genders, And it's both the anatomy and the energy center, right? Um, So it's like once you plug that thing in, which is our power source actually, Mm -hmm. right? Like it is the generator. Mm -hmm. And so once that thing is online, then it's like you start to build the charge, you build the pleasure in the body. And then at those ecstatic states, at those moments of peak pleasure, you send it back to the dream. Mm. It's it's, um, it's, it's thousands of years old practice, Mm -hmm. but I'm just sort of updating it and making it more, palatable. And even like, why would we want to do that? And my argument is if we want to solve these massive challenges that we've been faced with as a species, we're going to need all hands on deck, mm. meaning like all people, but we're also going to need all of our faculties. And I don't believe we're going to be able to do it with our most creative force tied behind our back. Mm,
0: okay. A couple questions. Number one around like prescriptions. I know there's a lot of people that just have like very chemical imbalances. They need medication. And so on some way, it's such a fine line between understanding—is it muting them out, or is it regulating them back into their body, into who they are? Do you mm-hmm. have any thoughts around that? Because I imagine somebody's listening, thinking like, "Well, I take antidepressants because my clinical depression's so severe, and yes. it's like an imbalance in my brain." Um, is there any thought you have there? Uh, that's my first question, and then I want to ask you a little bit about the orgasm and, and manifestation, because obviously that's just—that's <laughs> not fun
1: question spot. <laughs> But first, let's talk about antidepressants. Um, So, look, I 100% feel and agree and know and believe that there are lots of people who need and benefit from anti-anxiety, antidepressants, SSRIs, and like, thank goodness that they exist. And you can 100% do this work and be on those medications. I've just been leading retreats, and there's plenty of people that come that are that are on medication that still feel the benefits, feel the effects. And and love it.
2: Mm-hmm. What I'm
1: more speaking to, and and look, and I think there's a use case for that. Like if you are not able to accomplish your daily tasks, if you're a danger to yourself or your family, then like thank goodness these things exist. Right. However, I personally do not believe that 45% of the American adult female population has a Zoloft deficiency. Mm. 45% of wow. American adult women. We this is this is a different problem. Right. This that we have not been taught to feel our feelings problem. Mm -hmm. And and oftentimes the people that we go to for support do not know how to hold space for feelings. Mm -hmm. And like this is one of the real benefits that I'm seeing that I'm I'm optimistic about with the psychedelic revolution, is that we're needing now like an army of somatic therapists to be trained and equipped and qualified to just literally hold space for people who are moving through these psychedelic journeys. And, and one of the things that happens when you start doing psychedelics is that, well, one, depending on what you're doing, you do have to titrate off the SSRIs in order to even do it. Like with MDMA therapy, they want you to be off of SSRIs for six weeks. Now that's really prohibitive. I have two very dear friends that have tried to do that and had to go back on because they felt like they were a danger to their children. So it's like, this sucks. You know, like that's like, that's not worth it. Like it's not worth it if you can't be like us like safe in your family mm-hmm. now academy is sort of giving us a window around that and i just interviewed ronan uh the guy who founded field trip and he actually said and i am nobody's doctor so this is not medical advice but he said that specifically them dma therapy it's not that it's necessarily dangerous to be on ssris it's just that it's less effective mm. so you might need more of the dose but obviously like check with your therapist check with your doctor Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I'm noticing is that as people are starting to get curious about different modalities, like different ways to sort of like circumnavigate the intellect and get into the heart, get into the body, which is oftentimes what psychedelic therapy does, Mm -hmm. we're now seeing that like, oh, we need people to be trained to actually do somatic processing. Now, what is somatic processing? It's basically teaching people how to feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm sad. Where in your body are you feeling that? What color is the sadness? Does it have a texture? Does it have a taste? Does it have a sound? Does it have a thickness to it? And and instead of being like, well, I'm sad because my mom told me that I was fat when I was six. It's like, we're not putting a story on it. We're not thinking our way through the trauma. We're actually feeling the trauma and bringing our awareness into our bodies. Mm -hmm. Now with the sacred sexuality work and with the work that I'm doing, it feels like internal psychedelics. Mm -hmm. The the chemicals are that powerful, but Mm -hmm. they're endogenous right? It's like, we're actually creating them internally. And so oftentimes you need the same level of support to be able to really feel your feelings. And, and unfortunately, I just think that as a society, we've been trained like, shh, 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 shh. Yeah. don't cry, have a bottle. Don't cry, have a toy. Don't cry, have an iPad, have an iPhone, have some social media, have some booze, have some pot, have some pills. Do not feel. Yeah. And like, look at where that is getting us. And like the cool thing here is that when you add pleasure into the mix, even if you're dealing with like outrageously intense trauma, if you can sprinkle like a little bit of pleasure into the mix, it actually gives you the ability to transmute it. And in my experience, it happens fast. Hmm,
0: That's really cool. Okay. So I feel like when I'm thinking about an orgasm, like with my partner or myself or whatever, I'm, you know, like, for example, U-Turn podcast is about to release merch in the next six months. And I'm really excited about it because I never wanted to do merch because I always thought, you know, and I'm sorry for the judgment. I always thought it was kind of lame if, like, it was just, like, a t-shirt and a graphic for supporting somebody else's brand. I wouldn't buy Gucci shirts that say Gucci on it because I'm like, yeah. what's... But, I, but if it's cute. Like, it looks good on other people. It's just not my thing. Anyway, I, so I didn't want to create merch for the show because I was just, like, I it's not calling me. I don't want a bunch of people wearing U-turn podcast shirts. Even if it's marketing, it just feels weird. But I've been wearing this happy face fleece that I created and everybody's obsessed with it. And all my friends are like, where'd you get it? Where'd you get it? And I'm like, I got it on a weird website that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to make it um, and make my own version of it. So I'm making a big happy face oversized fleece situation with a bunch of happy faces all over it. And then the U-turn happy face is going to be um, the logo is gonna be the U and the U-turn with the arrow. So it's gonna be like a smirk logo with an arrow. But yeah. all of this said, it's calling me. Like I am called to this police. I even made friends with a random girl on the airplane um to Phoenix the other day. And she texted me out of nowhere, like, Hey, what where did you get that sweater that you were wearing? And I'm like, that's so funny. The signs are everywhere.
1: Come oh, on. Uh,
0: but I feel like such a cheese ball at the thought of having an orgasm and thinking about my happy face fleece. Is that literally how it works? Like, can you <laughs> take us into this sex magic? Because I feel like a lot of it, like, and, and people kind of go off. Like I went to burning man and I remember someone, like, uh, no, like years ago with Craig and Sarah. Like, do you remember that? Like net 2019? I,
1: 2019. I mean, I remember them going there and I love them, but I did. I don't remember I don't that particular year
0: since me. But I don't think I was there
1: 2019.
0: Well, I think it was 2018 then. It was like a year
1: prior. That's the year I had my son, so I was off.
0: Yeah, it. you did. I remember that. Um, So we were there and somebody had their period and she put her period on her neck and was like, I'm attracting a mate. And I was like, this, I get this. Like she wiped it on her neck or
2: she yeah, had like, she like, like a- wiped um,
0: the blood of her period on her neck. So I get that that's a thing. I get that people do it. But the U-Turn podcast listenership, if I know anything about them, that's too far. Maybe it's not. I mean- <laughs> how the fuck do we ground this so that everyone understands what does it look like for my happy face fleece sweater for all of you u-turners because this is the funniest
1: most happy fleece I've ever worn it's so silly um so what's your dream for the fleece
0: yeah so magic
1: wand you can have anything you want like right. what's the what's the dream
0: well I, I just, really want. I would say I would love for it to just it like explode and like get out there in such a big way because it's such a mood booster. Like I've given mine to friends that are having a bad week. One of my friends, she just got cheated on. I'm like, you need this this week. And I gave her my little happy face thing. Um, and so my dream would be for it to like really make an impact and get out there, help people find out about the podcast and also just be like a happy piece of clothing that they wear and they elevate their mood And um, for me to have such a loyal customer base that I can create more things in fashion that I think actually elevate people's mood Um, Mm -hmm. because there's such a tie between fashion and mood, but nobody's really necessarily branding it in a way that I want to with the U-Turn podcast. So, yeah, like I would almost love for it to be a completely new fun thing I'm doing in addition to the podcast.
1: Great. Okay. So if you had to like, that's amazing and beautiful and bravo. Mm-hmm. And if you had to say that in like one sentence and I, and the th- yeah. two things that I would coach you on as far as like manifestation language yeah. would be, you said, I wanted to explode mm-hmm. and I wanted to make an impact. And so nature's very, like if, if you ever dealt with like a programmer or a developer, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they're like human computers and they will do exactly what you tell them. And I feel like nature is the same way. So like, I wanted to explode. And like, then the truck explodes on the way to delivery right. or like, I wanted to have an impact. Right. Everything has an impact, you know, like having merch and plastic, there's an impact on the environment, right? So there's a cost to that. So I think we want to be very specific. Like what kind of impact do you want it to have? So what I heard you say was happiness. It's like, you want this to be like wearable happiness. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, and do you have any like number goals or financial goals of like how many you want to sell or what, how much money you want to make? I mean, I feel like I could like ten thousand fleeces feels like
0: a pot like possible for me, but I would love like a hundred thousand. like I would just love to feel like everyone's smiling and their cheesy little fleece that really mood boosts everyone. Like I think whenever I go to the grocery store, it's like the woman's like, oh, your your sweater made me so happy. I'm like,
1: mm, I'm here right. for you. yeah, okay. So, so that feels so clear, $100,000 yeah. mood boosting, U-turn, smiley face fleeces, and you can tap into the feeling of what that feels like seeing that. Yeah. Seeing the number on your cart, seeing people in the grocery store wearing it, having people posting their pictures of it on yeah. social media, you can feel that frequency. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that is like step one of pleasure prayer, right? Of this whole like movement that we're doing. So it's all given, when is this podcast coming out? Do we know?
0: Um, whenever we want it to, we are usually okay. a month
1: out runway. Month out. Okay. So like we're cooking up like a whole like movement. So I'll, I'll like sort of keep that under wraps, but there's elements, there's ingredients to this movement, which I can share now. But one of them is this idea of pleasure prayer that you're using your pleasure to pray. And already you talking about this dream is creating pleasure in you, right? Do you feel like your face yeah. lit up? you got imaginative, you got creative, yeah. you alive, like already it's turning you on. Yeah. Already you feel more lit up. So yeah. great. And it's very, very clear, this vision, yeah. right? Very clear. The only, again, like big picture note I would give you is that there's a little bit of you diminishing it or being like, it's just a little bit or like, I feel weird holding this cheesy dream while I'm orgasming, which I'll talk about that. And so I just don't want you to like, if this is truly the dream and I want to validate how much it is lighting you up, then yeah. no need to diminish it. No need to call it cheesy or small or weird. Like it's your dream. And there's, there's our dreams are divinely inspired. Yeah. Right. So, like, nature gave you this because she wants to birth it through you. Yeah. So there's that. So, first of all, so step one, visualize you got that. Right. Then we would alchemize. So, then we would take a moment to just feel into like what's keeping you from this dream or what's keeping you from believing that's possible. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just like name, just like purge that out for one minute and just like anything? Like, I yeah. don't know how, I don't know when, blah, 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 or just anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I've never done a product before, like a tangible product. I've never worked in fashion before. I don't know how to navigate, like it's not like a typical merch drop where it can be drop shipped. It those of you who don't know about drop shipping, it's like as it's ordered, a factory or an institution makes it. So I don't have to carry the inventory. I have to carry the inventory of these. So it almost feels like it's not low-hanging fruit fashion. Um, for someone who's new, it's like higher hanging fruit. Like I'm going straight in because I'm really into what I want to create. Um, how do I trust who's helping me? How do I get the cost down? So the profit margins make sense to keep creating them.
1: Yeah. All that. Okay, great. Uh Uh-huh. So what I heard basically is like, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how to get it out there. Like I've never sold fashion before. Like I'm Mm -hmm. just going to wear it and tie it and people, you're going to get one, Emily. Everybody's getting a fucking happy face.
1: Great. Okay. So you do actually, I mean, do you know, you have ideas how like utilize yeah. your super influential friend group. Okay. So, so that's, so I would say, again, if I'm going to coach you on this with manifesting, your job is so clear on the what
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so clear on the why. What? I want to sell a hundred thousand U-turn sweatshirts. Why? Because I want them to be wearable, happy pills. and I want there to be a ripple effect of happiness, right? So what and why? Super clear. Mm -hmm. Most of us really mess ourselves up when we get into the how, and we Mm -hmm. actually limit ourselves when we get into the how and the when. Mm -hmm. I have to do this in the next two months. I have to figure out what drop shipping and this and storage and let me just cancel my dream because I don't know how. Yeah. And we never actually took the time to place the order. We never took the time to actually like charge up the dream with the most creative energy that we have before we just canceled it and was like, well, I don't know how. So I'm just going to delete it. It doesn't make sense. Right. So um, if we, I mean, this is like an audio podcast. So probably not like a great idea, but if, if we were like in the room, I we'll would be
0: real, we can make an IG reel.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, what I would do is I would do like I'd put on some music that's maybe a little ragey and then a little sad, and we would just like shake and punch and scream and like that. I don't that frustration of I don't know how the job shipping and the profit margin, and we'd like move that through the body. Yeah, and then what's left is like this openness.
0: My friend, are you ready to launch your own podcast now? More than ever is the time to start. Since I launched the U Turn podcast in 2018. I've grown this show to hit the top charts, and we've even been so grateful to bring in over six figures in sponsorship deals nearly every year. And we have amazing conversations with top leaders and experts, as you know, and I just can't believe to this day that I get to have this much fun and that the show gets to support my business with sponsors we love that we get to share with you about. I'm so enamored by the fact that I get to have this much fun and impact while being paid to do it, and I want the same for you. So if the idea of you doing the same, creating a podcast, monetizing it, and making an impact feels exciting and expansive, you're in the right place, and I wanna share with you that my podcast launch course is coming. But in the meantime, I wanted to give you a complimentary, very detailed launch checklist filled with prompting questions to get you clear on your show, tactical action items, and everything else so that you don't forget anything as well as the creative ideas to market and launch with impact. So What I have here is more than just a free checklist. It's the beginning of your future as a fellow podcaster. I really want this for you if you have the inspiration I did. So head on over to ashleystahl.com slash checklist and you can get this tool that's totally free. Again, that's ashleystahl.com slash checklist for my free checklist to start your podcast and launch with love. I feel like a lot of people get scared of success because it's like, fuck, I
1: got to keep this up. Yeah. And so for you, you had some ideas of what wants to come, what wants to be created next?
0: Well, no, I, I feel like I was like, oh, yay, this is happening. Shit. I need to keep this up. What do I do next? To
1: oh. keep okay. So what if that, like, that's like very
0: normal? I think a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I succeeded. How do I keep it?
1: Well, so according to the Vedas, right, V-E-D-A, Sanskrit word that means knowledge, Mm -hmm. the Vedas are just a human interpretation of natural law. According to the Vedas, there's no such thing as good or bad, no such thing as right or wrong. There's simply creation, maintenance, and destruction, right? And like this is like the great human foible is that we lead with creation. We like the results of what we created, and then we immediately try to maintain it. We try to hold on. And that's just not the way that nature works. It's creation, maintenance, destruction. So if you're in a period of destruction, don't worry, that's making way for new creation. And the way that we mess up our creations is when we try to maintain them, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not like I have to create something to maintain this. It's like, I get to if I want to. And Mm -hmm. if I don't, then cool, I had the experience, I learned, I grew. And then we always listened to like, what's the desire? The desires are divinely inspired, and nature is using me as a vessel to birth these things into existence. This is not the thing that is going to make me happy because nothing external can make me happy. And that detachment is a really key element in manifesting and that definitely comes from meditation because you're flooding your brain and body with dopamine and serotonin internally. But we amplify that level of detachment when you remember, and when you know viscerally that you actually are the source of your own turn-on, that you are the source of your own pleasure. And we stop outsourcing that to our partners or to porn or to vibrators. It's like, Oh, I actually can create that level of ecstasy, that level of divinity inside my own body. That is mine. That is a very powerful force when it comes to creating a life that you really want.
0: I was just going to say, I love talking about manifestation because, um, I think it's the truth, right? Like that we, what's the difference between someone who created what we want in us? Usually there's, we're made of the same stuff. We got blood pumping through our body in the same way and same organs. So it's like, what is happening differently for them? It is a game of the mind. Other stories are happening in their head that moved it forward. So, I guess, um, when you're tuning into the body, I love what you did with the dancing and I hope we can keep that in and maybe even mute out the music so that everyone can follow along as they're listening. And like, if they're in the car, maybe when they get home, turn on that part and just like dance with us. Mm -hmm. Um, once you kind of like shift that energy around in your body and you're in the celebration part of it too, um, where does your sexuality play into that? Where does Um, I don't. And whenever I hear someone say they're into like sensuality, sexuality, I just think like, oh, is this person just having a ton of sex and like super celebratory Mm -hmm. about it? So, like, tell me more about like what is this understanding and this deepening? Because I know there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, a lot more to it. Like it, like having like sex or an interaction with a partner is like one. It is one microcosm of what is possible with this. Mm -hmm. What I'm interested in and like really the retreats that I've been leading and the visions that I'm having, like this is about you and your soul. Mm
2: -hmm. This is
1: about you and creation energy itself. It's really not about partner work. And and yes, you could use, if you are having, if like that's your most common form of orgasm, you can certainly like utilize that time. Mm -hmm. Um, If with a consensual like with consent, you know, that you can utilize that orgasmic state. So like share your dreams to get into the feeling of the dream in that um, like post-climactic glow if you want. Mm -hmm. But really, I think to start, I would recommend doing this on your own. Like I would recommend doing this practice in a way that is because once you add in a partner, there's so many more variables, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be learned. It's going to be easier to learn to do something by yourself than with a partner, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. And um, so in this sort of I, I, we started with the visualization mm-hmm. and then the dancing was like a teeny like idea of one way that you could alchemize through movement, through music, because music is medicine. And then you, then you start to magnetize and Mm -hmm. in order to magnetize, like this is when we start to turn ourselves on. This is when we start to build that creation energy in the body. Mm -hmm. And there are different ways to do that. Like if I'm at a, if I'm doing a Ted talk or like at a conference at Google or something, I'm likely not going to have people pleasuring themselves. Mm -hmm. So in that case, we would use breath, right? Like we would use um, very powerful breath modalities, which again have been around for tens of thousands of years And this is just a way to cultivate life force in the body. And there are specific types of breath where you can bring that energy from your hoo-ha up into your heart and then up into your brain. I call that the lifegasm breath, Mm -hmm. where you are like breathing life and this orgasmic energy into every cell in your body. Mm -hmm. And so you could do it through that. Or it's actually easier to do it through a pleasure practice. So Mm -hmm. then you would start self-pleasuring and it's like you build that energy through the hoo-ha, then you bring it up into the heart and then up into the head. And at the moment of peak pleasure, it's like you send all of that energy to your dream. You send it back to the visualization that you started with.
0: Mm -hmm. I love
1: this. And then what's happening is that it's like, you're kind of like making love to your dream And you're taking it out of the brain. You're taking it out of the prefrontal cortex, which is where our limiting beliefs live. It's where our fear lives. It's where our self-sabotage lives. And you're starting to drop it down into your heart. You're dropping it down into your body. And also what you're doing is that you're programming your cells to believe that it's not only possible, but that it will feel really good when your dream comes along. Because how many times have people prayed for something, dreamt about something, manifested something, and then it shows up and they're like, Oh God, I don't know if I deserve it. Oh God, I don't know if I'm worth it. This is basically like teaching yourselves that you're not only worth it, but that when the dream comes, it's going to feel like a great love, that you've been reunited with a great love. Such a cool reference point for it. Um, What have I not asked
0: you about Tantra, sensuality, manifestation that you want to share with everyone before we go anywhere?
1: Hmm. Just that I, I think one thing that's really important for most people is that we've all been conditioned or shamed or trained that that this stuff is not our own, that it's dangerous, that it's a sin, that it's wrong, that it's dirty, that it's bad. And And so I would just really invite people to get curious about that, to get curious about who said, who said, and that masturbation is a term that was invented by the church and it means to defile. Right. So like when you hear people in the hippie, dippy tantra communities, they don't say masturbation, they say self-pleasuring. Right. And and that the term vagina actually is like a sheath for a sword. And it just, that's just in reference to the canal. And like, I don't know about you, but I don't want my like most sacred pleasurable part of my body to be named in reference to someone else's anatomy. Right. So that there's, there's so much that, that we've taken the word for like a female genitalia and made it the most base, insult in the english language right so like there's so much misogyny and patriarchy built into the very language that shapes the way that we think that i just invite people to start to open up and get curious about who put these beliefs here and are they actually mine do i actually feel dirty after an orgasm do i actually feel ashamed Or is that someone else trying to divorce me from my power? Was that some other force at play trying to make me forget that I actually have access to God right inside of me?
0: So good. Um, I feel like my dog is like picking up on your vibe because he's just like unusually wild during this episode. So um, I hope that everyone does the dance that we talked about, just tries it on, starts to tune into like what would be amazing um. Also their upper limits. Like when you were like, somebody's wearing it on Vogue. I was like, damn, I didn't think about that for my ha- happy face. But, and then I was like picturing like a, yeah, anyway, I get it. Um. Where can everybody find you or learn about this new version of you? I'm sure there's going to be a book and all those sorts of things. Tell me more
1: yeah so right now the best place to find me is zebameditation.com. i actually have a, a cool master class slash podcast mm-hmm. that goes way more into like the the science of, of meditation and manifesting but the thing i'm super excited about is the new podcast so as you mentioned it's called why isn't everyone doing this mm-hmm. and i'm going to be talking about yes meditation manifestation sacred sexuality but i'm also bringing on some amazing humans um Aubrey Marcus, Vailana Marcus, Layla Martin, Dr. Mark Hyman, hopefully soon Andrew Huberman, who's also a Ziva grad. Like they'll be sharing their version of like the thing that they like the moment in their lives when they had that thought of like, why isn't everyone doing this?
0: Yeah, that's such a cool concept that I can't believe isn't out there until now. I'm glad you birthed it. Thank you so much for coming back on and sharing this next version of you and manifesting with me. And
1: it means a lot yeah thank you for having me and i'm so excited for that for that fleece that
0: you get ready. Face. Ready. ready even if it's like 100 degrees in the summer you're gonna get like a happy face for me i
1: wear a sweatsuit pretty much seven months out of the year exactly. same
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sending everybody love thanks for listening bye everyone